0: We have a few short minutes, and I just want to share a little bit from the scriptures regarding something that uh, has been uh, the Lord's put on my heart in terms of understanding and learning the scriptures, and that is regarding uh, faithfulness. Now, we look in the scriptures and we can see a lot about faithfulness. We especially see it in terms of a characteristic of God, his faithfulness to us. That's inherent to his qualities. But what I want to focus on is the faithfulness of those that follow him. Um, <clears throat> that's also t- discussed and mentioned a lot in the scriptures in the Old Testament, and we're going to take a minute and look at some of this, but there's a lot of people that showed exemplified f- faithfulness. Christ himself taught it through uh, through his time on the earth and in his parables and teachings. Paul's epistles mentions how great faithfulness is and the faithfulness of those that are, uh, those that are believers. Um, but the, the focus of what I wanted to mention and, and just say today is that God is uh, pleased and desires faithfulness of us. Um, and that's something that I want you to consider for a moment. Have you ever thought about what, does, what pleases God, what makes him happy? What are the things that we do that pleases God? And uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it makes it very clear. It says, let me just read the verse for you. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, "...and without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him." The first part of that verse simply says, without faith, we cannot please God. And as a follower, as a believer in the one true God, we should have that desire to please him, to show him respect and honor. Um, So faithfulness on our part is a key aspect of of how God pleasures uh, our belief in him, our love for him. Now there's also a lot of benefits. I guess we could talk about regarding faithfulness, uh, maybe physical and spiritual. But just keep in mind that, at least during this time, this morning, is that our faithfulness gives pleasure to God. Um, So as we saw in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six, He desires faithfulness of us. So what is faithfulness? Well, if you look up, look it up in the dictionary. Loyalty and devotion, uh, being reliable and steadfastness; those are all uh, words or synonyms for faithfulness. But for our purposes and from a spiritual perspective, I would say uh, I wouldn't give you a definition of my own. I guess faithfulness is obedience in action. Obedience in action. Um, as I was uh, preparing the, the, this message. Many of the times I found myself coming back to the book of Hebrews, Uh, and the Hebrews is, uh, it can be a very complicated book, but uh, it's also a book that uh, makes it very clear that Christ is the most supreme thing and being in the universe. Uh, It makes the case in the first few chapters about how Christ is above anything and everything, now it doesn't stop there, though. The book of Hebrews, the last couple chapters, gives the reader a call to action. Okay, so what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that Jesus Christ is uh, uh, the supreme being, is is the most thi- uh, deserves the highest praise, the, deserves the highest worship. But it doesn't stop there. At the end of Hebrews, it lists the people of the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, that have exemplified great faithfulness because of Jesus Christ. Um, So we're going to take a a few moments and look at some of these people, but just know that the faithfulness that is described in the book of Hebrews is not a half-hearted faithfulness. It's very raw, it's very challenging, and it is completely sacrificial. If you look at some of the people and the situations that are written about in Hebrews chapter 11, you'll see that they did not, it wasn't easy, it wasn't easy for them to follow God completely. Um, So we can say that, you know, being a Christian or having the Christian faith is not simply just loyalty and devotion. But in a practical sense, obedience in action is what faithfulness really is. So since our time is short, I'm going to quickly go through some of these people that we read about in Hebrews uh, and just mention them very quickly. So one of them is Noah, right? We know the story of Noah. Uh, It's a wonderful story, especially that we can teach in uh, Sunday school and teach to our children. We know that Because of the disobedience and sin that was so prevalent uh, on the earth at that time, God wanted to eradicate that. He wanted to get rid of it, but he didn't want to end human civilization completely, and he knew that a man named Noah was faithful to him. So consider this. um, It hadn't rained in a long time, and God told Noah to build this boat. Okay, So there's no rain for a long time, and God is telling this man that you need to build this humongous boat for yourselves, your family, and all of these animals, okay? Uh, But think about that task and consider how long he spent making the ark. It was nearly uh, approximately 100 years. 100 years of his life was spent following God's uh, commandment to build this boat. During that time, uh, it didn't rain while he was building it, um, he could have given up faith along the way. He could have uh, said, is this really going to happen? Um, approximately one-tenth of Noah's life was spent doing this work. One-tenth of his life. So let's say we live to 100 years old. One-tenth of our life would be 10 years. Now think of being committed to God in obedience Perfect obedience to him for 10 years regarding one thing. That's going to be a hard task for us to keep. Um, but he remained faithful. He, uh, even though it took that long, uh, he may have lost his reputation amongst his friends. He could have given up, but he didn't. He endured. He followed God's plan and his command to uh, uh, imperfection. Um Another person I wanted to quickly mention, Abraham. Okay, so Abraham, he is known as the father of nations. Uh, in Genesis chapter twelve, verse one, uh, it it introduces Abraham, we don't know much about him, but it says that in in uh, chapter twelve, verse one, it says that the Lord had said to Abram, "Go from your country and your people." And your father's household to the land that I will show you. Now, obviously, Abraham was a faithful person up to this point. Even though we don't know much about him, we can say for sure that God had chosen him and he obeyed what he wanted Abraham to do. Um, Now, Abraham was around 70 years old at this time, and it was probably maybe halfway through his life. We don't know exactly how long he lived, but maybe around 175 years. Uh, so he was around halfway through his life, he, all we know about him was that he was very wealthy, he had a lot of possessions. Now imagine for a moment that you're, let's say, an older person, and that you're very wealthy, and you probably have many possessions that are yours. Now if God asked a person like that to remove himself from the situation and go somewhere far, somewhere distant, and do something, it would it be an easy task? Probably not. It would probably be very difficult to leave that comfort, leave all of the things that that you have, and go and do what God is asking you to do. But he did do that, and his obedience was counted to him as righteousness, is what the scripture says. Um, and, and through that obedience, God was unfolding his plan for humanity. Through that one person, Abraham, he was going to Bless all of the nations. He was the starting point for what would be the plan for humanity. Now, did he know that? No, he just knew that God told him to do something. He prom—God promised these things, and he just went step by step and followed through. One more person that we can look at real quick is Joseph. We know the story of Joseph and how he was—he um, was as a boy, he had dreams and visions that God presented to him about what the future would hold, when he shared those with his brothers, what happened? Did they say, oh, that's great, that's great, that's good. We'll listen to everything they have to say. No, they mocked him, they made fun of him. And he could have lost his faithfulness, but he didn't. As he got a little bit older, his brothers really sold him out, literally. He was sold into uh, into slavery, and he could have given up hope in God, given up his faithfulness during that time. But he didn't. Uh, when he was going through uh, his time in the kingdom, he was, uh, was in prison for allegations. Uh, but did he give up his commitment during that time? He didn't. He remained faithful. And the interesting thing that I learned as I was pre- preparing this message is in Hebrews 11.22, it specifically talks about Joseph. Uh, But it doesn't mention those things that I was talking about. Hebrews 11 is, is a list of people that were faithful in different ways. It says in verse 22, By faith Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. That's the thing that he did last in his life, and that is what the writer of Hebrews chose to put in this chapter. Well, what happened? What happened at the end of his life that shows faithfulness? Well, it turns out that he knew the promise that God had given the Israelites. He knew that God was going to be faithful to him, and he expected God to deliver. It was only around 400 years after Joseph died that the Israelites were able to go to the promised land. And he wanted his bones to be buried there. So in his life, and even in his death, he was a testimony of the faithfulness that he had in God. So those are three quick examples, right? And there's many more that are mentioned in the book of Hebrews. Uh, <clears throat> After, after chapter 11, it, it, there, there's a list of people and the things that they have done, and the latter part of chapter 11 talks about, uh, not in detail about specific people, but the situations that they faced. And like I mentioned before, those were challenging and difficult, even uh, life-threatening conditions. And here's what it says right after that, in verse chapter, uh, verse. Cha- verse 1 of chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked, before us, r- marked out for us. So because of this great cloud of witnesses, these people that have endured and showed us how to be faithful, let us also... Run with endurance and be faithful in the same way. That is the message that uh, is being told here. Um, Now, is it only these Old Old Testament people that were faithful? No, absolutely not. Okay, so in the New Testament, that same message of faithfulness continues. And I wanted to quickly look at the, the teachings of Christ. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 23, Matthew 25, 14 to 23. This is the, a parable that Jesus had told to uh, the disciples and those that were listening. Uh, the, the title of the parable is about the talents, the talents. And I don't have time to read through this. Um, if you have time during the week, you can certainly read through it. There's a lot in this parable that we can draw out. But one thing I want to point to is regarding faithfulness. Uh, Quickly, let me just summarize the story for you, so just as a refresher. So there's a rich man. He must own a lot of things, a lot of possessions, and have a lot of money. He was going on a trip. And he entrusts some money to three of his servants, the three different servants. He gives each of them a different amount of money. Um, It says that, Uh, One servant was given five talents. Now, in my understanding and and some commentaries that are read, uh, one talent was equivalent to about $1,200, $1,200. So you can see that if you receive five talents, it's a good amount of money. Um, Another servant was given um, a different amount, and then the last one was given one talent. And then what happens next? Uh, The master leaves. And he doesn't give any instructions, but inherently, the, the first two servants, they knew that they had to do something with the money, so they put it to work. They they were able to earn uh, as much, uh, pretty much 100% of what was given to them. And then the third one, out of fear for the master, he hid his one talent and put it away so nothing would happen to it. And then when the master returns, we remember that The first two servants were commended for what they did, and he was very proud and grateful for their efforts, and then the third servant was harshly rebuked. Okay, so uh, verse 21 in chapter 25 says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a little, so I'll put you in charge of much. Enter into the master's joy. That's his message, his response to the first two servants. So you can see in there... And we clearly know that the master represents Jesus Christ, the servants represent the followers of Jesus Christ, and we can clearly see that faithfulness is a key aspect of what pleases God. He is satisfied when we use the, the skills, the talents that we have in doing the work that he wants us to do. Um. Christ is teaching in this story that we are to be accountable to God for what we do with our lives. Uh, it's ironic that the word talent is used. Now, talent in the parable is talking about money, uh, but we know talent to be skills uh, or abilities or special things that we can do. But the whole idea is that we use not just our time, or not just our talents, but our uh, our time, our abilities, our education, what authority, what influence that we have. Um, There's a lot that we can draw out, again, from this this parable, Um, but our faithfulness is evidenced through the stewardship that we see in the servants. Uh, Now, we may ask ourselves, are we faithful with our resources? in what God has given us, in our knowledge, in our time, in our abilities. We should use our talents. We should not use our talents for our own pleasure. That's what the message is. We're not using the things that God has given for us to to uh, take pleasure in ourselves. It's so that we can give them back to God. Um, uh, I won't go in, into it in detail, but Matthew sixteen twenty-four 24 uh, has a very clear explanation of Who is it that follows Christ? Jesus said to his disciples in in verse 24 of Matthew 16, if anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself and take up his cross. His cross or our cross, we all have some burden to carry. We all have something to sacrifice. Um, The life in Christ demands carrying some cross. Jesus is calling his disciples to engage in complete self-denial, a faithfulness that holds nothing back but gives everything to the cause of Christ. That's what, uh, that's what Christ is calling us to. And this, this idea, this cause, this theme is, is throughout the New Testament uh, that following Christ, what does it really mean? It means passionately pledging our lives for the sake of Christ, for doing what God leads to. Uh, and And following in obedience, this is what faithfulness is. Um, there are many things that that Christ had commanded, and the last commandment that we he left with uh, with the disciples and for all of us is the great commission matthew twenty eight nineteen it says go Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, Jesus is saying to become uh, to become a faithful follower of him, and then to guide other people to that faithfulness. This is the the Christmas season, and uh, giving gifts is a, a big part of uh, our culture our christmas culture, right? Um, we were at a church yesterday, and the pastor uh, made a comment he said. That God gave us his son, and we should give his son to the world. That is, in essence, uh, how God gives us a gift and how we can share that gift with others. We're all going to get gifts and receive gifts, I'm sure. Uh, But just consider that during the gift-giving time, that the greatest gift that God gave us was his son. And the best thing that we can do with that is not just to hold on to it. It's an amazing thing to have Jesus in our heart. But the best thing that we can do is share that with the lost. Um, this morning we were looking at uh, uh, Psalm 107. One hundred seven. That's the psalm that, that was introduced this morning in worship. And the second verse in there, there says, let the redeemed tell their story. See, that's a critical aspect of our faith is that we don't just keep our faith within us. We don't just store it up. It's a great thing to uh, reflect upon, and that's what we do on Sundays. We worship and we thank God for all these things. But God is calling us, Christ is calling us to an active life of faithfulness. Um, So going back to the the Great Commission, it's at the core of what every New Testament believer is. is, is commissioned to do. Um, it's at the core of what every biblically-based church should be doing. It shouldn't be an afterthought. Our faithfulness in completing the Great Commission is, is integral to who we are as Christians, who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. Um, so in closing, uh, I just wanted to, you know, to make... Uh, To give you that understanding, if you've never thought about what pleases God, consider that. Uh, Consider what does please him, and consider what is the faithfulness that God is calling us to. Um, I would say that if you've trusted in Christ, don't let your identity in Christ be wasted. Don't just allow your faith to sit on a shelf okay? Utilize our faith. Utilize what God has given us, the talents that he's given you. Live outside of the mold. And sometimes it's, it's within our own Christian community that we get into this this, uh, this uh, pattern of sitting back and relaxing. But don't do that. God is calling us to live faithfully through him. If we, sometimes we have a lack of faithfulness because we fear something. We're uh, we, we, don't know what is out there. Like Abraham, we don't know what place he's telling us to go, what task he's asking us to do, but remember that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We have the Spirit of God living in us, and through that, we can accomplish great things for him. Uh, And these stories of Abraham and Noah and all these people, they're not just, um, you know, cute stories that we can tell in Sunday school. They're real people that lived and had a great testimony of faithfulness. They were were instruments of faithfulness that brought glory to God. And we can have the same thing. We can be the same thing. Um, Scriptures do not convey a message of sitting back. I don't believe it does. Uh, The message is clear that we are to be faithful and active in accomplishing the work that God has for us. Um, We are to follow the will of God. We are to... Utilize the scriptures to guide us, and we're uh, we are supposed to use the Holy Spirit to empower us. So, I was asked to have two questions um, for the group here. I think uh, you you may reflect on that during the week. So, question number one is: How does my life bring pleasure to God? How does my life bring pleasure to God? Um, when we seek to please God it changes our faith. It's not just that we do these uh, kind of things out of ritual or out of habit or out of pattern. It changes the way that we interact with God, the way we see God, and the way that we see our lives. It can change everything about our lives. And in religion is not done for the sake of just doing religion. It's an active faith towards a living God. And then question number two. Um, so the year is almost up and it's time to make some resolutions. I don't know if you do those. Uh, honestly, I don't but because uh, I know I won't last with them. But it is a time to reflect on the past year and on the year ahead. Um, and so question number two, in the new year, what can I do that I know will please God that is beyond my normal course of action? So many of you, I'm sure, are faithful. I don't doubt it. Um, but we can always increase in our faithfulness. Faithfulness is not something that we just accept Christ and we have. It's part of the sanctification process. It's part of our life in Christ. In Galatians, it tells us that faithfulness is one of the um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit or, or one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit. And so all of those things, including faithfulness, we are to grow in, and the Holy Spirit will help us in those things. So, the question, again, is that what can I do that will please God beyond my normal course of action in the next year? This is the year 2020, and I was thinking when I was a kid, 2020 was this futuristic year when uh, so many things would be different, and I'm sure things are very different. But we're at this point in, in human civilization that, um, that many people probably a few decades ago didn't even think we would reach, but here we are. We don't know how long the Lord will tarry. We don't know how many years of life we have left. But 2020, it's, uh, it, you know when we talk about vision, it's seeing perfectly, seeing clearly. So this is a really good time, not just because it's a new year, but it's a new decade uh, where we can view ourselves in light of what God wants for us. So now, when you think about that question, it's going to be different for everybody you know, for some people, maybe it's um, maybe it's it's breaking out of the mold and and being more active in church, or uh, maybe it's going to Bible school, or maybe it's um, uh, doing some type of humanitarian work. Maybe it's going into cross cultural missions. For some of us, uh, only you and God can know these things. Only you and God can understand and and know what is God calling you to, what is God calling your family to, what is God calling our churches to. So I'll hope you will consider all these things um, I want to thank you again for the time to share and uh, about the ministry as well as from the word um, we we again know that we you guys are praying for us and we appreciate that and again that gives us confidence it gives us inspiration to keep going so uh, again thank you for having us here today and uh, for praying for us and uh, keeping us um, in in uh, keeping us keeping that aspect of uh, our ministry going, meaning the people that are back here also play an important part, right? The people that the churches, the, the friends that we know, they play an integral part of the ministry that we do over there. We're there doing uh, work, I guess you could say, on the ground, but uh, the prayers and support by many people here, including this church here, is, is, uh, um, is an amazing thing. So we want to thank you th- for that.